the Megillah of Esther, like all the 24 books of the Torah, were written with divine spirit, and therefore every letter is important, and every letter needs to be understood properly. We find in chapter 1, verse number 6, in the book of Esther, there's a large letter ches. If you look inside over here, it says, Chur Karpas Uschelas. Here, the Megillah is telling us that Achashverosh made a special meal for those people in the capital. And it goes on to tell us the details. There were hangings of white, fine cotton, and blue wool. And the letter ches on the word Chur is large. So number one, the fact that the letter is large, this begs a deeper insight, a deeper interpretation. And the Megillah is telling us, I want you to elaborate on me. I want you to look into my word. I want you to look into my letter so that you have a deeper insight to the Megillah. So what is this Chor? What is Chor? Number one, Chor means white. It's from the word Chivar. Number two, Chor, if you change the Nakuda, instead of having a Mulupam on the side, you put a Chorlam on top. Chor means a nobleman. Now remember, in the Megillah, there are no dots. There are no Nakudas. Now it's true that, according to Kabbalah, it was given over already from the beginning of creation. And especially when it was written, it was written with the intent that it should have dots. But because there are no dots literally in the written scroll, we have a right to interpret it the way we want. So with a choylam, with the dot on top, it becomes nobleman. Furthermore, the word chur is similar to the word cheirus, or cheirut, which is freedom. So how do we connect all of these words together? Being that there's a rule that if there are many interpretations to one word or one letter, they all complement each other, how do these letters complement one the other? A final question. It says when Mashiach comes, the books of the prophets will be nullified. Besides the book of the Megillah of Esther, that will be eternal, even after Mashiach comes. And therefore the message here must be an eternal message, not only for now, but even after Mashiach comes. How do we understand all of this? The word chur literally means a hole, to make a hole. And we find in the famous book called Tanah of Eliyahu, which are the teachings of Eliyahu and Navi, Elijah the prophet. He quotes over there and says, The students of Rabbi Eliezer said to him, How do we do tshuva? We want to repent. We want to return to God. What should we do? What does he answer them? He answers them a quote from Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, King Solomon's love song, from chapter number 5, verse number 4. He says as follows, Doidi, my beloved, shalach yodei minachor. My beloved stretched out his hand from the hole. 
And he says, this is the way you do tshuva. So here we see that there's a connection between the whole and tshuva. What's the logic behind this? The concept is that in heaven, just like down here in this world, there are courts. And you have prosecutors and you have defendants. And many times the prosecution is very strong. And logically there's no way to overcome the DA. So what does God do? He makes a little hole. He circumvents the trial. And he opens up a path for the litigant to do tshuva to repent. This concept of opening a hole is also connected to the parsha, because around this time we read the building of the Holy Temple, which talks about the construction of the Holy Temple. Who was the main architect of the building of the Temple? His name was Bitzalel, Ben Uri, Ben Chor. Bitzalel says Zoya represents Bitzal Kale. He was in the shadow of God. He understood God. He was a young boy, 13. Yet he knew all the secrets of creation. He used the letters, the 22 letters, that God created the entire universe with. And he used those same 22 letters to encapsulate creation in the Mishkan, in the Holy Temple. That was Bitzalel's brilliance. And the Zohar says that the fact that he's called Bitzalel ben Uri Mechor hints to this idea. He was not only in the Bitzalel, the shade of God. But Ben Uri, he was a son of light. The light that was created on the first day of creation. Ben Hur, before creation, there was a hole from which this light emanated from. Representing a light beyond creation. This was the wisdom of Bitzalel. So Hur represents a level beyond nature, beyond time and space. Incidentally, the letters Hur are the same letters as Virav Chesed, tremendous kindness. In other words, if a person sinned and wants to return, and the DA does not allow the person to return, God opens up an opportunity, a hole, because of God's Virav Chesed, because of God's tremendous mercy and kindness for his people. There's an amazing story in the Talmud. The tractate of Sanhedrin, page 103, side A, says that there was a king by the name of Manasseh. He was a terrible king. He not only sinned by himself, bowing down to idols, he caused all of Israel to sin. That's the worst sinner. You want to sin, go to your closet, do what you want. Stay in your closet. To open up the closet and bring the whole world into your closet. He caused the entire world to sin together with... Yet... Says the Gemara, for 33 years he did tshuva for this. What happened was, says the Gemara, that the heavenly tribunal did not allow him to do tshuva. They turned to God and said, God, you're letting him do tshuva. He caused all your people to sin. What did God do? Says the Gemara, God made a tunnel. He made a hole. He opened up a tunnel in the heavens in order to receive the tshuva because of his kindness, and God therefore overpowered Midas Hadin, the attribute of judgment. So this idea of Chur, idea of Chur 
represents tshuva, represents repentance. Now you ask, what's the connection between repentance and Purim? It's very simple. What's the word Purim? Purim is Yom Kippurim. The day of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is like Purim. They both represent the idea of tshuva. The difference is Yom Kippur is tshuva through fasting and crying. And Purim is a higher tshuva. It's a day of eating and feasting and joy. The Gemara says if you do tshuva, if you repent out of fear, then your sins are turned into mistakes. It's considered to be a shoigeg, a mistake. If you did tshuva out of love, then the sins become mitzvahs. So the more sins you do, the bigger tzaddik you are, the bigger bal tshuva you are, because now all those sins become mitzvahs. So at the beginning of the year, Yom Kippur, we could only do tshuva through sadness, through regret. But once we continue to establish ourselves and learn more Torah and do more mitzvahs throughout the year and we get stronger and stronger and we become now rehabilitated, comes Purim, we can now do tshuva through tremendous joy. And so at the beginning of the Megillah, already it starts with Chur, this white. The idea of white means white without any sin. In Kippur, we wear white because we are like the angels who are pure, that don't sin. We wear white like the high priest who is pure from sin and enters into the Holy of Holies. Furthermore, we now become noblemen. We are a kingdom of priests. We are a kingdom of noblemen, but we have to act that way. And through tshuva, we now regain our previous status. And this is the ultimate freedom. Freedom from the Yitzhahara, freedom from the evil inclination, freedom from our predispositions. We have the power to conquer our desires and have discipline. And this is the letter Ches. The letter Ches stands for, number one, Cherus, freedom, the world to come. But also, the letter Ches is made up of three lines, right? One on top, which is horizontal, and two vertical. And they all meet, representing thought, speech, and action. That our thought, speech, and action are all pure. They're all white. And more than that, it says this world, says the Gemara, was created with the letter He. God said, ha. And from that Ha came the entire world, the entire universe. Because Ha is the breath from which the 22 letters of speech come forth. And from that came the 10 utterances of creation. And from that the entire world was created. But he created the world with the letter He because the He it looks very similar to the Ches. But there's a difference. And that is the He has two lines, like this. Horizontal and vertical that touch, that meet, alluding to thought and speech, because you think and then right away you speak. But the third line is action. Now, from thought and speech to action, there's always a pause, there's a struggle. Because I'm going to do this and I want to do this, and it doesn't always actualize. So, therefore, there's a gap. But that's true in this world. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be a perfect world. Our thought is connected to our speech, connected to our action. So right away, after we think something and we say it, boom, it's going to happen. And so at the beginning of the Megillah already we are told that this alludes to the world to come. <clears throat> and as the Rambam says, that there's a promise at the end of time, the Jewish people will return to God and immediately they're going to be redeemed. 
And so already the Megillah hints to this party that Achashverosh, which alludes to Almighty God, because Achashverosh means Achris Vereshish Shaloi. The end and the beginning is his. The end of the universe, the beginning of the universe. God is beyond time and space. Everything belongs to God. God will make this big feast for us. And he's going to display these white curtains to show, look, my people are holy, my people are pure, and my people are truly noble.